Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of the Lexi Chronicles podcast. Before I jump in, I just want to say that I am in a different recording space. I have the microphone further away from me, so please let me know if you like the sound quality on this one better or the other one. I'm still gauging what works. So today we're going to talk about how I came to get the anxiety diagnosis that I have along with tips and tricks that helped me. I also want to say that mental health is not a one-size-fits-all and there may be a trigger warning and there's going to be a trigger warning here where we discuss about some things that led to a very different diagnosis. So we're going to start at the beginning. I've always been an anxious kid um, and a warrior. Um, I used to have like mini panic attacks I guess you could call it. At the time I didn't know that's what it was, but I always based it off of my dad's job as he was in the military, so I always based it off of my anxiety was higher as a child when he was deployed. I never really knew it was anxiety, but it really affected me. Um, middle school, I had a lot of issues with bullying, and in middle school, I was diagnosed with depression by a... By, by the school counselor at the time because that was the only psychiatrist and therapist I was allowed to see by my uber-conservative and Christian parents who really believe that God is careful for this situation. And I'm not knocking them and my beliefs at all, but at the time, my faith was not enough to deal with my anxiety um, situation, in my opinion. Um, so from there, we went to high school, like my depression was a factor, um, depression diagnosis I was given, but it was never like I was gonna commit suicide sort of thing. Like I had planned like a whole thing, like right after my like depression diagnosis in my freshman year of high school, the official one from the other school counselor, I, I'm sorry, faith-based cons, I should clarify, it wasn't really like a school counselor at that point, it was the, the pastor of my church that diagnosed me with depression and gave me the tools, like that's how my parents dealt with my depression, it's not a bash on them, it's just that's how, that that's the tools they gave me was my faith um, for my depression, so when my pastor diagnosed me depression, I, I use the term diagnosed loosely because he's not a medical professional and he's not a psychiatrist, so use that with a grain of salt. I had planned, I had like written a note, planned it all out, but never fell through, never followed through with it. So, I don't know, I always struggle with like, because I was self-harming myself, I was cutting at that point, but like, it wasn't like following through with like suicide or anything I, I don't know it, for me it's a weird it's it's weird because looking back on certain things like there were times where like depression was a factor in my life but I still struggle with the misdiagnosis of that and then high school was a weird time and I feel like it's a weird time for everyone so I'm not really going to talk about high school because I dealt with bullying I dealt with all the things College was a little bit different for me. Um, I started with community college because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. I literally, like, 
used it as like I don't want to say partying because I didn't really party but I was like struggling to find myself struggling to figure out where I fit into this box and I had various things happen in in college that really affected my mental health and led me to the third diagnosis from an actual counselor this time. So I struggled with boys and relationships and sex, which led to my parents feeling the way that they feel um, about me, um, lying, all the horrible, horrible things that they do as a child or as an adult. Um, I really rebelled against my faith and what I was brought up in and like all the things. And I had gone to my first ever party in college and I truly, truly, truly um, didn't want to go home because I was underage. My parents were really against me drinking, so I went to a family friend who basically like took me took me in and took care of me that night. Um and obviously I'm not gonna get into detail, but something happened and I was severely taken advantage of. And to this day I struggle with what happened there and I struggle with how quickly people in my life got over what transpired and they're very much a part of this person's life and it's not a bash um so that was what led me to therapy the third time but this time was an actual therapist and I sat down and I explained what happened and I explained everything that was going on and I was still diagnosed with depression and not saying that that was wrong but that was the diagnosis at the time um so yeah so that was college that was community college that was that time so then the pandemic hit in 2020 and let's be honest all of our lives turned upside down basically we were all sent home kept in our houses you know mental health was very much an issue from the pandemic um, you know, things happened during that time. Um, I had tried teletherapy during that time again, um, you know, because after my son was born, I wasn't feeling right, but I really felt like it was like almost postpartum anxiety. Like it wasn't depression, but it was postpartum anxiety. Like I was terrified of everything. I was having panic attacks. Like it was really bad for like a year and then got better so I was like okay so maybe I'm like okay um so like whatever and then the pandemic hit I started having panic attacks again I started having struggles sleeping I rarely left the house I pretty much isolated myself like that was what I did in 2020 was what I feel like everyone did um it was I didn't work I was struggling financially I was freaking out like everything like I had all these big plans I wanted to move out of my family's home I wanted to be on my own I still want those things but at the time I was like oh my god how am I gonna do this I don't have a job like I have a job but I'm getting paid 
which is great. Like, I know there's people not getting paid right now, but, like, I lost my second job. Like, that was helping me reach my goals. So, like, what was I supposed to be doing? Um, so that was really bad. So I started therapy again in 2020. Um, same diagnosis of depression, which, but this time, like, my eating disorder had finally, like, reared its ugly head, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, like, and, you know, I was given a nutrition plan and all the things, which I still follow to this day. Um, so, yeah, so they di so I was diagnosed again with depression and was given, like, medicine, which didn't, made me really sleepy every single medicine that, every single medicine that they gave me like wasn't working I don't know if it wasn't working was a good term but like I had like you know a lot of things that were like not working with the antidepressants so we just kept going so then I finally like me and that therapist didn't mesh at all um at all at all like I could not stand her like uh, like I don't I don't feel like I got anything out of that there out of those therapy sessions like yeah I dug into like things that had happened in my life and like some of my childhood stuff but like I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere with the um, therapy so I stopped going um, but you know that thing they say when you put anxiety on the shelf like 2021 was survival mode for me pretty much um, and then growth happened, which we'll talk about. Like, 2020 was, like, let's just get through the schedule. Let's just get through today. Let's just get through it, you know. I worked two days with one group of kids, worked another day with two other kids, had Wednesday off in between as made, you know, like, just, it was survival mode um, for me. I was just trying to get my son through this awkward time because, like, he was three, he you know, was socially awkward, like, there was just a lot going on with my son at that time, um, and a lot going on in my co-parenting situation at that time, you know, you, you deal with, you deal with things in various ways, um, if I'm rambling, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get through this without interruptions today, any more interruptions, so then, um, it was very much survival, and then towards the end, well, beginning of 2021, this is going to be a trigger warning, and I'm not going to get into grave detail out of respect for my family. We were hit with the news that my cousin committed suicide. Um, grief really took over my life at that point. I was crying. I was angry. I was all the things. There wasn't a note. There wasn't an explanation. There wasn't a goodbye. There wasn't anything. And it really affected me. I don't know if it's because of my own mental health issues and my own, you know, dealing with depression. At the time, depression. It was a really, really hard time for me. Um, I avoided therapy like the plague. I had been convinced that therapy did not work at that point. I only had faith-based therapy or the therapist that I didn't gel with. So I was like, clearly therapy doesn't work. We're going to get to, haha, jokes on me situation in a minute. 
Um, so then it was really, really, really hard. I was in survival mode for the whole year, um, was having vivid dreams, was not sleeping, was not, I was eating, so I wasn't, like, my eating disorder wasn't really triggered, but, like, my anxiety towards the end of that year had really kicked in for me. It was, like, panic attack, like, basically, like, December onward, it was panic attack, panic attack every single day, like, I was having vivid dreams of my cousin, I was, there was a time where, like, I was convinced I was dying, like, then the person, then the teacher I worked with at the time got COVID, and I, like, really went on panic attack mode, like, really went panic attack, like, crazy, like, panic attack crazy, vivid dreams, like, it was constant, there were days I was crying, there were days I was angry, there were days I was just unbearable of a human being to be around. I was an effective parent. I wasn't an effective co-parent. I was basically like in this really, really hot mess express thing. And there was a moment where I was sitting on my bathroom floor in the middle of the night with my son sleeping and my parents asleep in their bedroom and I was bawling my literal out. I was not okay. It was like all the grief that I put on a shelf, all the anxiety I put on the shelf, everything that I had been carrying for the majority of my life came to a halt and I was having a literal meltdown and I wasn't like like there wasn't going to be like there wasn't no self-harm conversation I hadn't self-harmed since I was 16 like there wasn't me doing that like I was just bawling my eyes out and I couldn't stop for like a good hour and it was in that moment that I had done something else that I hadn't done in years like literally was like literally like looked up at the sky and was like if there is like because at that point like my faith was non-existent like nothing was existing in my world because for me when it came to my faith I always felt like when it came to my mental health like that was the solution that everyone had and I truly don't believe that if you are struggling mentally and you've been diagnosed with these things that like faith is the cure-all like it's just not reality so I was really like a really like point and I was just like I remember like being quiet as a mouse and like screaming at the sky like you took my cousin from me you put me in such despair like how am I supposed to move forward with my life and I don't know if it was a, there was like a true answer to that um, but one thing that I had to come I realized in that moment there was one thing that I needed to accept in that equation from what I was saying and what I was getting mad at and what I was melting down about was that 
my cousin wasn't mentally okay, which is fine. It's okay to not be okay. And he did what he believed was the right decision. I'm not going to call him selfish because in my head, having gone through what I've gone through to this point, I don't view it as a selfish thing. I view it as someone is hurting and someone has depression and they think there's no way out because there's not a cure for depression. There's not, I mean, there's antidepressants, but there's not, there's, there's no cure when it comes to your mental health. And he was in such a disarray and such despair that this was his only in his head, only solution. I won't go into further detail on that out of respect for many family because I know they're not going to be thrilled that I'm sharing this with the world more so than I already have, than we already have as a collective. So 2021 was like the year that like things really like mentally were like rough for me. In regards to just my mental health. So I decided that I needed to come up with a solution that was going to work. So in the beginning, I went back to what I knew. Faith-based, help me, Lord, help me. And the panic attacks didn't stop. The vivid dreams and the nightmare stops. But not the panic attacks. So I started looking for different online therapies because going to a person, in-person therapy didn't work for me. So I did do that at like 18, 19, along with the telehealth therapy during the pandemic. I didn't gel with either one of those. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So I tried Cerebral for a while, which Cerebral is great um, if you need like prescriptions that are cheaper but I was diagnosed with anxiety um, was given medication and met with a therapist once a month that was not a solution for me and I didn't take the meds we're just gonna be honest I didn't take the meds um, to me that didn't feel like enough therapy but it was cheaper than most therapies but it wasn't enough for me so then I tried the recent one which is talk there talk space now my issue with talk space is is that it's ex it's expensive um i had one therapy session with her she was a nice woman but affordability wise talk space was not for me so i took a break from therapy because i was back in december so i took a break from therapy because again i felt like therapy wasn't working and i wasn't having a solution to my problem and I decided to like take control of my life. So in 2020, I decided to take control of my life. One of the biggest stressors in my life has been my job. So I decided that I needed to go back to school and finish my bachelor's, which I am two semesters away from graduating with my bachelor's, which is a really, really big deal as a single parent. Well, co-parenting, single parent, however you want to word it. So that was one thing that I took control. That was one way I took control of my anxiety issues was figuring out a way to do my job. So the second thing I decided to do this year 
to help me was to start working with a life coach because I was like, you know what? I need guidance here. My life is disarray. Um, how do I move forward with things? So I started working with a life coach. I work with Jenshi Jones. She is an amazing, amazing life coach. She has been such a gem for me to work with. She's really made me able to sit down and make tangible goals that are actually possible and follow through with them because there's that accountability there. And I've learned when it comes to my goals, mental health, my fitness, I need that accountability. I need an accountability partner to look at me in the face and be like, you are not doing what you're supposed to do right now. And she's really been a godsend. You know, when I sat down and I wrote my word of the year and my vision board, there were three goals that I talked to her about that I wanted to do. My financial coaching business, save my $10,000 emergency fund, and start my podcast. Here I am recording my second episode of my podcast, and I launched my financial coaching business. Have I reached my $10,000 emergency fund? No, not close. But I was able to really hone in on my goals. And we're going to talk about my word of the year because my word of the year coincides with my anxiety. So one of the things that when talking with Gentry, I realized was a big part of my anxiety was fear. I have always been afraid of what others think of me, what happens um, in my life. And, you know, a big part of that is, is that I have never once in my adult life, besides having my son, has made a single decision for myself. I have always allowed my parents to make my decisions correction, not allowed, was forced to have them make my life decisions. Every life decision has been an issue for them. They don't approve unless it's what they want for me. So my first really big decision that I ever made on my own was having my son. My second was going back to school and getting my bachelor's in educational studies. Where I'm headed with that degree is a conversation for another day because I am still employed with my district and until I and until I am ready to announce my full plan with that, I cannot go any further with that conversation. So those are the two biggest decisions I've ever made on my own. Which leads me to the new therapy. So for new therapy, I, I kind of started in two different places. I started with an in-person therapy this time where she told me that I have anxiety and codependency issues, which I knew automatically was a thing. Um, but the way she worded it was, was that my parents had made me codependent on them versus me depending on them. They, they really, they're wonderful people and they did the best that they could, but they really liked control in regards to both children. Um, my sister gets a little bit of a less control situation, not that she's a thousand miles away, as when I live in their house, so, you know, control. Um, so that is very much what it is. Um, so codependency is very much a part of me, and because I didn't put up a fight, I've become just codependent on the situation, because it's easier than putting up a fight. Um, so that was the first thing. Second thing was anxiety which has affected 
every part of my life, including social situations. It's why I never leave the house. It's why I do various things. It's why I have very little friends. It's why I have that. Um, me and that therapist did not do well, did not gel very well. Um, she did help me come up with some tools to help me with my anxiety um, that I do use, that I implement at least two, but there's other ones that I've come up with that we're going to talk about soon. And now I am switching to BetterHelp. Um, I am going to make my first therapy appointment for BetterHelp. Um, something that I need to do for myself is the therapy. Um, I chose BetterHelp because it's supposed to be the most affordable for people because I can't. That's a big part of the problem with therapy is I can't afford it. So we are trying out the BetterHelp therapy this month. And in a later podcast, I'll let you know how it goes and with my therapist and all those things. Um, until I meet with my therapist that I've chosen, I cannot distinguish if she's the right person for me or not. So that's that. So BetterHelp is where I'm headed. Now, as for things that help me with my anxiety, the first thing actually came from the last in live therapist that I saw. I start my day with gratitude. Starting my day with gratitude instead of focusing on everything else has really been helpful. So what I do in my journal is I write five things I'm grateful for. That's it. They can be anything as small as coffee to my son to anything else. So that is what I do. The second thing that I have really done, and I've decided that this is kind of based on a little bit of like my faith. I have started reading my Bible daily and I am doing a div daily devotional. The only thing I have not done is step foot back in church. Um, I really struggle with what happened with me and that pastor, not only with the depression issues, but other stuff that transpired in COVID during that. I really, really struggle with that situation. So I have not set foot back in the church, but I have decided to read my Bible and do prayer every day. It helps me. Um, my daily devotional. It helps me. It helps my headspace. It helps that. The third thing that I've done that she helped me with is something that I have that I'm implementing I should clarify implementing um, have not done it yet this will be the first time that I do it um, which is grounding um, I really feel that I need to do that um, and it's hard for me where I live because I live in once I get winter but now that it's in summer I really think I'm gonna start grounding myself every morning I feel it's important and it's something that I'm going to do. Um, so the fourth thing that has really helped has been essential oils. Um, essential oils have really been helpful to me um, with sleep, with acne, with all the things. Using the essential oils have really really helped me with my anxiety and my brains. So number Number five, this is my last one, has been, obviously, I'm sorry, one of the last things, six, but we're going to, is, number five is turning off, so I am obviously on social media a lot, 
I share my opinions, I share a lot of things, but something that's been really helpful has been unplugging my phone and relaxing. And what helps me relax is watching TV. I know it doesn't sound relaxing to some, but that helps me. Doing that at night instead of doing work, homework, or anything else that needs to be done with 50 things like my sensi business and homework galore. I've decided that the hour before I actually fall asleep, no more homework. It's relaxation and TV. Like that's what it is. And reading too, if I want to read instead of watch TV, like those are my two relaxation things. And that's what needs to be done. Six is getting back into working out. I have noticed a direct correlation between working out and my mental health. If I'm working out consistently, my anxiety is much better. If I'm not working out, my anxiety is much worse. It's a tool that helps me, and I need to utilize it. And the last thing is obviously getting back into therapy. Getting back into therapy, I truly believe, is my key to success at this point because I have tools in my toolbox that are helping me, but at this point, my anxiety, it ebbs and flows. It I still have panic attacks. I still I still sometimes don't have panic attacks. I still struggle to sleep. Like it really just depends on the day. And as for grief, it really just depends on the day. I have good days, I have bad days. There are two days out of the year that I'm worse than other th- the other 353 days of the year. Um I don't think I'll ever really move on and move forward but I know that the best way to honor him is to live my life the way that I want to so a big part of that journey has been realizing what's going to make me happy versus what everyone else around me wants me to do and I have really found that me working a traditional nine-to-five is not right for me and I think I know where I'm headed in regards to my work. Um, It's a scary situation to say out loud, and I'm not ready to say it out loud. Um, But now we're going to talk about my word for the year. And I spoke about fear. And really, really, truly, we're going to end it with kind of this and then something else that I wanted to, like, end it with because it felt right. Um... So I talked about how my how my fear and how fear was a big part of my anxiety. Coming through this and moving with Gentry, I said and telling you how I reached three goals that were on my vision board. I really felt it put on my heart that the word for the word my word for 2023 would be fearless. And it has really been amazing to see me do the things that have terrified me starting my financial coaching business, launching this podcast. You know, there are so many things on that list that I was that that I didn't do because I was afraid of being on my own. You know, part of the reason why I was still with my parents is because I'm terrified to be alone. This year has really showed me that I am capable of doing things that terrify me, launching my financial coaching business, although I've had no clients yet. If you're interested, check out my Instagram. 
you know, that's something that is very much a passion project. I'm loving every minute about it, talking about it, talking about finances, doing things that I normally wouldn't do, you know, and launching this podcast. I never in a million years thought I would actually do it because I've always been a terrified. I've always been terrified of offending my parents for speaking on topics, terrified of what people would think, terrified of all these things. And here I am doing it. So this year has really shown me that fear no longer stands in my way. And I truly, truly have been owning my word of fearless. And that feels amazing. So I hope this podcast wasn't all over the place. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Um, Anxiety is not one size fits all. Anxiety is really hard. Anxiety is something that you like you'll slowly overcome. And if you are not a Christian, I would advise you to just end it here. I really wanted to share something that has become kind of my favorite Bible verse um, because it has really been like on my hard days, the Bible verse that I go to. So I'm just pulling it up. I actually like have it as a screenshot on my phone when I need it. Um, it's it's Exodus fourteen fourteen. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I am going to be uploading. And before I sign off, I just want to say I'm going to be uploading every single Friday. I'm going to carve out time in my week to sit down and record. Um, If there's anything you want to hear from me, let me know. I'm truly enjoying this process of just recording myself, having, talking about the things that I'm enjoying, like loving and want to talk about. And I'm going to have guests on. I actually have my first person that I've reached out to say yes. So I just need to get her booked and we're going to have a conversation. I'm super, super excited. And I love any support to my podcast. And please share with your friends, family. Um, yeah, so I will see you guys in the next episode.